Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hi, this is Celine Williams hosting from Ontario for Canada's podcast. Today I'm with Elisa Birnbaum, who is a storyteller of social impact. She is the publisher editor of Sea Change Magazine, founder of L Communications, and author of In the Business of Change. Elisa, thank you for joining me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Technically, thank you for joining me again. We had some technical issues, so this will be... Me too. We may repeat a few things to give everyone the warning of it, because it's always good to acknowledge it. (laughs) Um, It happens all too often, yes. Well, it's the reality of working from home, right? Exactly. You you have a book about change, we'll talk about that. Well, (laughs) you know, this is just real life these days. So I want to start by, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got to doing what you're doing now right? How you, yeah. this magazine that you publish, you have a communications company, you're the author of a book. How did this all come to fruition? Uh, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I'm really not because this is as though we're starting fresh. First time, that's first right. First time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, um, I actually came to this point in a somewhat of a different uh, route that some other people might take. I'm not a journalist by training or a communications uh, person by training. I actually studied law. Um, I really enjoyed the study of law and I always wanted, I, I, law itself was always fascinating to me. So um, it was something that I pursued wholeheartedly. But as I was completing my degree, I really started uh, enjoying a lot of, I mean, I was always a writer and I was always enjoying writing, but I was I just happened to be pitching different ideas and stories and, and I started to get published. Um, and I was really enjoying the process and really uh, the experience. And so when I completed my degree, I just said to myself, you know, I'll give myself a couple of years and try this thing out as crazy as it might sound, because who's uh, who works as a writer uh, for a living? I mean, really, it's a tough thing to do. Um, and law is always there to fall back on. But uh, that's that's was over 15 years ago and I'm still doing what I do. Um, so, you know, I guess I'm, I'm enjoying it. And, and in terms of, you know, the journalism and my communications, I just started getting asked uh, to do writing for on the communication side of things. So I, I started to do both journalism and communications. And, um, as far as the evolution in terms of my niche, my focus in social impact, I was just always pulled towards stories, um, of social change, social impact. And I was writing a lot. Um, for an online site focused on the charitable sector and writing a lot about nonprofits. Um, and then I, about 10 years ago, I just a little bit over 10 years ago, I, I started hearing more about this whole concept of social enterprise, social entrepreneurship, when people are able to, entrepreneurs are able to take um, business skills, business savvy, and um, put them to good use to make a difference. So they start a business with the mission of tackling challenges, environmentally, environmental challenge, social challenges um, through their business venture. And I was just fascinated by it. Um, started pitching a bunch of ideas to various editors, most of whom in Canada did not know yet what I was talking about. And it was a big process. I was one of the first people, I think, to write about social enterprise for the Globe and Mail. I got published there. But I, I realized, wow, you know, this is a, an area that a lot of people are not writing it was now they are, but yeah. ten over ten years ago they were not, especially in Canada. And I was learning about it through uh, folks, journalists in the U.S. and the U.K., where it was much, uh, it had become much more prevalent there. Um, so um, my co-founder and I, um, a, an editor, 
And I started um, Sea Change Magazine, which is a digital publication of social entrepreneurship um, and uh, focused on stories of social enterprise. And so we started that over 10 years ago. It's evolved a lot. It originally was just focused on Canada, um, evolved to cover stories from all over the world. And now we have a podcast also called In the Business of Change, like my book. Um, and so we're doing a bunch of different things with the magazine. And uh, I have since become the publisher and editor-in-chief. And so I'm, I'm doing that um, while still working in communication. So I uh, still have a communications company, uh, have uh, various clients, many of whom in the social impact sector as well, um, but some of whom are not, um, a range of clients and helping them tell their stories. So I'm sort of juggling both things at this point. So, okay, I'm gonna start one way and then we'll end up going another way at the end of sure. this. So, um, publishing has changed online or not, digital or not, a lot in the last three years, let alone 10. So yes. what has been some of what has been some of the challenges and successes? What have you seen in your experience with Sea Change specifically? Because I think you have a really unique lens, not only in terms of the topic and you were sort of the let's say the first, but the official first, but really one of the first doing this, talking sure. about this in Canada. So not only in terms of, hey, we were focusing on something that wasn't a real focus when we started as well as everything has changed so much in that world. So I'd love to hear sort of your reflections. What were challenges? What has worked really well? What have you seen? Yeah. What do you think might happen still? You know, I, I don't know what will happen, to be honest. It's a good question. I don't know if I would have predicted where we'd be today, 10 years ago, when we started over 10 years ago. Um, but I know when we first started, it was we were kind of the unicorn. We were like anomaly. We were different. We were focusing on an area that that was new and fresh. Um, now a lot more people are talking about it, so it's it's you know there's a more competition in terms of that. Although I love the fact that it's grown. I feel like I played a part in that, and I feel that's uh, something that I really um, you know I'm proud of. Um, and I and I I'm a fan of supporting other organizations and people that are doing good work in this area. So. That's all good, but I do know that um, when we started, we had a couple of organizations who were supporting us uh, with grants and, and other ways. Um, and you know, just the way it goes, they were organizations that that sort of, like many organizations, didn't have all that much money to go around. So that didn't last for many years, um, and we had to find other ways to support ourselves. And at first, um, advertising was also easier to come by because we were new and fresh and unique and. Um, everyone was, you know, wow, this is the place, you know, we can advertise lesser and less. So now it's, it's, we, the competition is fierce to get advertisers right now in the digital space because everyone's doing it. And there's a, a bunch of unique stories out there. Um, so we, you know, we, we moved over to sponsored content stories. And so we work with organizations and we work, and then we also work just even without, um, sponsors, we just work with, um, various organizations and, and who want to tell good stories and we're a good platform for them to do so. Um, so we just work together and combine our efforts that way. We've learned collaboration is incredibly important right now, um, more so than ever before. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's competitive out there in terms of getting uh, the word out, the content out. You have to really be on top of things. You have to... Um, be able to push it. You have to, you know, spend time and money sometimes on um, social media and, and marketing and PR 
um, which we didn't have to do as much uh, when we first started. So I don't know. I don't know where we're going to go next. I think, uh, you know, originally it was like, oh, digital is pulling ads away from print. That was the big story. Now everyone's digital. So we're all just kind of pulling, you know, we're competing for advertising. I don't think advertising is as strong a lever as it used to be. Um, so sponsored content, partnerships, collaboration, um, unique ways to tell your story. Those are all becoming, you know, the creativity of it all. That's playing a bigger role. And I think that'll continue that way. I have a feeling. Well, I think it's, that's really, I'm not surprised. I think that's really interesting, especially as we're stepping into a space where anyone can be a content creator. Exactly. And 10 years ago, not everyone could be a content creator. And certainly the world of publishing did not come from any kind. I don't care whether it's books or magazines, but it, it newspapers did not come from the place of anyone is a content creator. Right, right. No, you're right. Absolutely right. And we're up against a lot of that. There's a lot of people who, you know, I'm a journalist, I'm a journalist, I'm a journalist. Okay. I mean, you know, who am I to judge? But it's uh, everyone out there is, you know, they have a valid right, right to be where they want to be um, and tell their stories. That's great. But it is much more. And, and the other thing that I didn't add to that um, is, you know, a lot of people are doing the paywall. Uh, we didn't go that direction, but it is something that we've thought about. And it is something that, um, you know, there's a good argument for it. And we might end up going in that direction. I'm not sure yet. We've had a lot of discussions about it. Um, we've heard some success and some major failures with that. So, mm. but that is and something else that people will do to help them, you know, to sustain themselves. Um, but yeah, the fact that every other, every second person is a blogger, is a writer, has something to say, it's you're up against a lot of eyeballs. They're trying to compete for eyeballs. So, yeah. So in this new world, what does, um, what has collaboration? I'm just curious what collaboration looks like in the, in, for a publication these days. Like, I think that that's, I mean, I, mean, I think, Collaboration is great in lots of different ways. Don't get me wrong, but I imagine it's it's a unique lens, unique perspective in your world. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I I I'm not someone who shies away from um, you know if someone's doing similar stories or something that I feel like we can work on together. I think it's better to put two heads together um, than both try to tell similar stories and compete for you know viewers and listeners and all that stuff. So. Sometimes it's just a matter of, of, you know, we have a good series that we want to work on. Would you like to work on it with us? We have a writer who can write, you know, let's say it's a five stories, you two, two, with you two, and we'll promote it together and we'll do it together. Um, other times it's a matter of, you know, an organization has a social enterprise on the ground. They're doing great work. They want to share their story. Um, so they do reach out to us and we help them. They help us tell the story, put it together. Um, but it's not is like, you know, it's not the formalized way of doing that of like, you know, let's work together and we'll tell the story together. We'll help you. You'll, you'll give us um, some content. We'll um, make sure that it's unbiased in the sense that it's objective still. Um, and it doesn't sound like this overly promotional type of, you know, like it's just more of a lessons learned. Let's, let's focus on what you learn from this and what other people can take away. So as long as we have that focus, I feel it's less, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like we're just kind of promoting someone who wants to write in our pages, but it is, that's, that's part of the collaboration. It's part of working together and saying, okay, you want to get the story out because you want to teach people about what you've done. Um, let's help you do that. 
Um, so it, it, there's various ways of doing that. And, and there's still ongoing conversations with different collaborative opportunities that we have right now. So I'm curious about this idea of being a storyteller in this space, because it sounds like this was something that, listen, I'm going to call you a pioneer, Elisa. So, oh, but so yeah, you're welcome. But it sounds like something that, that in many ways you did pioneer maybe in, I mean, listen, storytelling has been around for ages, but doesn't, it hasn't been around everywhere, right? We haven't always thought about, it's like business is starting to think about telling brand stories finally, right? right? So right. it's starting to come into play in different places is my point. So when you were starting this and, and you call yourself a storyteller of social change and rightfully so social impact, right? T- tell me a little bit about the, the, whether it's how you've seen it change, whether, you know, why you thought that storytelling was going to be valuable in this space or where there were gaps. I'd love a, to hear a little bit about this because it's, it's, you know, because you are the pioneer of it. <laughs> Say that one more time. That's right. You can take <laughs> that. It's yours. So uh, the question is around um, the, the concept, the whole, the, the storytelling element, like how, yeah. what, what gaps was I filling? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if I had, it's basically when I started the magazine, there was like, we didn't have as much stories here in in Canada. And it seemed like an obvious gap that, you know, wouldn't it be great if we, they're, they're telling these stories, um, in the U S and UK, they're doing tremendous work there. Um, they're helping promote the social enterprise environment, the landscape. Um, but we're not doing it enough here. So it's really taking that the, the stance and saying, I believe in this concept. I believe in that this has the, the capacity to impact a lot of lives and, and make a big difference. Um, let me fill that storytelling gap um, by starting a magazine and, and telling other stories. I mean, I was still, you know, I'm still independent and freelancer. I still did a lot of writing. I started writing for the National Post for a couple of years. I was writing a column for them for on social entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship as well here in Canada. So I was doing a bunch of different things, all with the same aim of like, you know, these stories need to be told. Um, we're not going to help support the movement of social enterprise unless they are told, because storytelling, I think, is is immensely significant um, to any to making a difference. Like, I, I I really feel like you're not going to if you don't get your story out, then, you know, whatever you're doing on the ground is sort of quiet and is not going to get very far. But um, yeah, I felt that that was sort of the role that I had to play. And there is like, um, yeah, I, I, I was sort of, that was a mission-driven goal of mine and it remains that way. Um, I'm very uh, passionate about it. So do you feel like, just a curiosity, do you feel like there's a difference between um, like st- let's call it straight up journalism. So what might've been happening 15 years ago, like people would report on, well, here's a thing that's happening in whatever the case may be and the type of storytelling you're talking about, or is it more of an evolution? It's interesting. Um, I think about that a lot. I think it's more of an evolution. I think you see more and more um, journalists who are sort of taking a stance and uh, becoming more activists in their storytelling. That being said, I try my best, even when I do tell you know, take this role. Overall, I'm supporting this, this sector, but I, I do still like to show the nitty gritty side of everything and to show the pros and cons and to actually make a point to idealistic people out there that, you know, it's not, um, you know, social enterprise is not the be all end all and that it's, it's, there is challenges with it. It's not always the answer. 
Um, I talk about that a lot in my book. So yes, I think there is an evolution of us taking a stance more so than we used to. Um, but I still do try to play an objective uh, role in my job as a journalist and to uh, ensure that I am showing every side of the of the issue, but overall um, promoting when it's needed that, um, you know, we can make a big difference. So, uh, yeah, but there is certainly an evolution. Yeah. Well, and I'm the reason I'm curious, and thank you for sharing that, because the reason I'm curious of it is we often think, at least when back back in the olden days when I was in school and we talked about journalism and what journalists did, it was very, it's all about a lack of bias. Right. Which is why I think storytelling wasn't a part of it at a certain point. It was literally right. reporting facts. Right. right. That's it. Right. Right. So that is very interesting. And I think about that a lot. And I talk about that a lot. Um, now, to be perfectly honest, when I'm doing other stories, like there's some stories that call for complete objectivity. Um, and it's a, you know, it might be writing a report on something or, or you know, and it's, so I think it, it depends on, you know, the focus and it depends on the medium and it depends on, you know, um, but yes, I think that a lot of objectivity is lost along the way. And I think that's a bit dangerous. So I think we have to be mindful of that. I don't, not everyone agrees with me. Some people would say, you know, activism is what we're here for. I don't think so. Um, I think we need to be objective as much as we can and show the facts. And so you'll see every article that I write on that well, I get published on our site. Um, there is an element of objectivity, even if you know that deep down, okay, they're supporting this and we're going to promote this because they get it. But what, what about the weaknesses and what about the challenges? And let's speak freely about that and openly about that, because I do believe still in that journalistic integrity. Um, and it's important to promote that in my book um, and in my websites. And so, um, but it is a fine line. And I do know that I sometimes, you know, I, I am balancing it because you want to go rah, rah, rah. But at the same time, like, wait, you know. Yeah. Let's make sure that we got the facts right and that we give people an objective uh, perspective here. So, yeah. yeah, but it's a good point. It's a good question. And I, and I think it is a balance and I, and, and I think that it is a, you know, I think for a lot of people, it comes down to external lens, not a journalist lens, but it's like, I want to hear the facts and it, I'm yeah. happy to hear your opinion as well, but not your opinion over the facts. Right. I think right. there's about, and I think old school journalism went very far to facts only let's just present information and i think advocacy can go too much into no fa i mean we have a four-year history of this right now we can look back on where it's like <laughs> facts are irrelevant let's just so rhetoric only right and i think so there is true. a balance there so i i appreciate that your you know your perspective on that line yeah and i'm constantly thinking about it and conscious yeah. of it so yeah yeah, yeah. So I want to, you mentioned your book, so I want to talk about your book for a couple of minutes. Can you tell me a little bit about it? In the business of change, there's, yeah. there's, what, tell me about the book? Sure. So I basically wanted to, um, there's a lot of wonderful folks doing great work in social enterprise, like I mentioned, all over the world. Um, and I, there's only so much you can get to in, in a magazine and, and column. So I wanted to really delve into um, profiling different social entrepreneurs in different contexts and different uh, who are tackling different issues and challenges around the world um, and really get to the heart of it. And this goes also to the, the whole balanced view because I wanted to address the challenges, the lessons learned um, to provide more than just, you know, great storytelling, which is what I was hoping for, but also to provide 
something that people who are looking to do the same thing can learn from it. Um, so the book goes through, you know, I profile about 65 social entrepreneurs around the world um, and really delve into the who, what, why, when, you know, when, why do they start this? What are they trying to tackle? What is their mission? What are they doing? What are their challenges? And what are their lessons? And, you know, each chapter is sort of set out according to those lessons that they've learned. So hopeful for other people to have some takeaways. Um, and uh, yeah, and we made it into, we had a print book and then we made it into an audio book as well. Um, so for those who don't like to read and prefer to listen. Um, yeah, so that was a, it was a big project. And, uh, and that's also why the, my podcast is called In the Business of Change because some of those first interviews I did for the book I also took a lot of the content and produced uh, podcasts out of them. So that was how it all started. And now I continue with the podcast with other folks. Um, but that's why the, the name is exactly the same because it was, it was born of the same material. I love that. Um, so where can people find your book? Is it available at all at your regular bookstores, retailers? <laughs> it, it is. It is. Um, technically speaking, it's available at... Uh, various retailers where you normally would get your books. Um, and of course the ultimate Amazon it's there, the audio as well as print. So anyone can go there as well and, uh, and pick it up or Amazing. download it. Yeah. In, you know, being mindful of time, um, is there, is there anything that we didn't get to or that you'd like to share, whether it's a, you know, a lesson or, something that you'd leave our listeners with who are a lot of whom are entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs and might be thinking whether it's, Hey, I'd love to do something like start a magazine or be a journalist, or I really want to, I want my business to have social impact in some way. Yeah. I mean, I would say go for it. And all those, I, I, here's the thing. I'm a big supporter of doing something that you find meaningful in life and pushing for it and, and persevering and keep going at it. I also am a big believer in having your eyes fully wide open um, and understanding the realities on the ground. And, and for, you know, in the world of journalism, it is a tough grind. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of unicorns. There's a lot of folks who have um, survived and are surviving this, you know, a, a very highly competitive environment. Um, and they're doing what they like and they're enjoying it and they're telling good stories I would say back to our conversation, though, that it's important to, I think, you know, if you're going to be a journalist to really balance um, the telling of the story that you're passionate about, but also being open and mindful and conscious of the realities and showing both sides in the same way that I would suggest, you know, if you're looking to do this or if you're looking to do anything to be that, do that to yourself too, but put that out there. Um, so be a mindful journalist, be a conscious journalist, be try to be as balanced um, as possible um, and not just, you know, uh, take on a cause and, and, and push it fully without seeing both sides of stories and seeing, you know, how, how you can actually provide a contextual um, and balanced uh, story. And the same would go for your own career. Like, you know, there's, there's so much that you can do. Um, try to do something that's meaningful. And if that means starting a business that has social impact, um, I'm all for it. Just know what you're getting into and understand, you know, that social entrepreneurship is not the answer to everything, but it could really work nicely if you do it right and just read my book. Uh, no, but I, there's a lot of great resources out there. And I would really suggest that you 
do a lot of reading and do a lot of ask a lot of questions. People call me up all the time and email me. Yes. And I'm happy to, you know, spend some time with people to mentor and to talk them through or provide other resources for them. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful way of running a business. Business doesn't have to be all about profit. It could really make a difference. And still, it's, you know, you can still do well. Um, and it's, it's a valid and, and wonderful way of, uh, of spending your days. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say. Um, I love that. And I think it's, it reminds, and I, I feel like it might be B core, but the, one of the companies who has the triple bottom line where it's like people profit and planet. So it's not yeah. one over the other. Yeah. It really is. You can, it's not a bad thing to be mindful of all of the aspects of running a business and, and what that really looks like. And that inside of what you're saying is what I hear is like, yeah, you can run a business that has these impacts, but go in with your eyes open and context matters, right? Like Absolutely. let's be, I joke all the time that my go-to saying is like context is king and queen. It's matters. Let's stop pretending it doesn't. Absolutely. Agree. Yeah. So if you, thank you, Elisa, for joining me for those okay. of us, for those of the listeners who want to learn more about Elisa, you can find her online at seechangemagazine.com, which by the way, you can also find her podcast in the business of change, which I highly recommend checking out. Um, and for everyone listening today, thank you for listening to Canada's podcast, like comment and subscribe to all our channels to get the latest podcasts from entrepreneurs across Canada.